The mother put the porcelain spoon. The mother drew back and poured the little girl back. But the mother did not hear the old voice. The mother. Experience the heartwarming story of a mother's love that knows no bounds, titled The Mother, written by Nobel Prize-winning author Pearl S. Buck. It's a story of love, sacrifice, and the universalism of motherhood that transcends race and borders, told through an account of an unnamed mother living in rural China in the early 20th century. Get the audiobook right now at radio.cgtn.com or any major podcast platform. Simply search for the Books and Beyond podcast and key in the mother. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, welcome to Roundtable, where we serve up piping hot debates on the issues that sizzle in China and beyond. I'm Niu Honglin, sitting in for He Yang. Coming up on today's show, we provide you with a special coverage of the sixth Silk Road International Cultural Expo, a grand celebration of cultural exchange and civilizations. In the second half of the show, we continue our voyage through some of Roundtable's most enlightening episodes, all focused on addressing the formidable challenge of climate change. But first, the sixth Silk Road International Cultural Expo has commenced its activities in the enchanting city of Dunhuang, where the East and West interacted, and where the world's largest Buddhist art gallery still fascinates people around the globe. Our reporter Yu Shun is on the ground covering the cultural expo. He speaks with CGTN reporter Zhao Chenchen and deputy director of Dunhuang Academy's Institute of Cultural Relic Digitalization. They are also bringing you a discussion about relic digitalization. Why is it important? What are the latest applications? How are technologies enhancing the protection and restoration of our previous cultural heritage? With no further ado, let's follow Yushun's guide to decode the digitalization of Dunhuang. What's up, everybody? This is Yushun in Dunhuang, joined by CGTN reporter Zhao Chenchen. Right now, I am covering the Sixth Silk Road International Cultural Expo in Dunhuang, Gansu Province, northwest of China. And according to the official website of this event, the theme of this cultural expo is connecting the world, cultural exchanges, and mutual learning among civilizations. It includes various activities such as the opening ceremony, forums, cultural exhibitions, and artistic performances. Approximately 1,200 guests from both domestic and international backgrounds are participating in the event. So, Chen Chen, I know you have also been in this city before. What was your impression of this city? Yeah. Hi, Yushun. Um, it's so nice to see you in this way after our last coverage on the Hainan Expo. And now... We are in different cities, um, and with you in Dunhuang now, and I went Dunhuang uh, in May. So it was my first time in Dunhuang. It was really an impressive trip. I was there with a bunch of international students who are studying in Beijing and Tianjin. We went climbing the Mingxia Mountain, which means the Echoing Sand. I don't know if you've been there yet. Oh, unfortunately, I haven't got a chance to visit the you know Mingxia Mountain, but I know it is a famous scenic spot. Actually, I am trying to get a chance to visit this place. Yeah, how was it then? Yeah, so you still got some days. It was it was exhausting and uh, so much fun. <laughs> we had so much fun. So yeah, we first had to climb all the way to the top of the sand mountain. Can you imagine? It's sand mountain. 
it's yeah, it's different from like the the other hikings or like Rocky Mountains you've you've climbed before. It's we so have to put down the oh, kind of it, way. It's, it's slippery and it's it feels so different because you are walking on sort of like a form of fluid. You know, you have to cover your shoes, and it took us what around an hour to climb to the top. It doesn't look high, but it does take a lot of effort to climb to the top. And then we had this sand riding on in jeep cars. It was wild. Wow! Uh, but of course, we didn't. We, yeah, we didn't. We didn't actually drive it. Someone professional took care of us, and you can just pop on and yeah, enjoy the view. So yeah, that was one thing. And then of course, we went and visited the Mogao Cave. And for me, I also bought lots of scarves. Oh, oh we also learned a Dunhuang dance with students from the Northwest Normal wow. University. Yeah, that was really fun. How about you?、Um, where have you been so far? Oh yeah, I visited Mogao Cave, of course, and also we traveled to another night market at、uh, the first night that we arrived in Dunhuang, and、um, that gave me kind of a first impression of Dunhuang. That is, this city is. You know, full of cultural aspects, and there is a great mix between Dunhuang culture and people's daily life. Because you know, we know that a word called Feitian or flying asparagus, that is kind of a flying ladies in Dunhuang murals, and、um, we saw a lot of shopping malls name themselves as Feitian or flying asparagus shopping mall. I don't know what they're selling in there, but that just you know sounds interesting, and also.、Mm. We saw that the symbol of this city center is a statue of one of these Feitian characters. It's a figure that is showcasing her move of playing her instruments, or more specifically, pipa on her back, and that is a quite、um, famous move. And I think that is why, when you mentioned the name of Dunhuang, the city, the sense of cultural expats will come to your mind naturally, right? Yes, yes. That specific move, um, ladies playing the instrument on her back, is exactly the signature, signature move for Dunhuang dance. And、hmm. as I mentioned, Feitian or the flying asparagus is becoming a name card for the city. Right. Absolutely. And speaking of name card, um, another name card that we have been mentioning is Mogao Cave. Maybe people who don't know about Dunhuang may wonder why. A cave could be so famous, or could be so attractive to people globally, you know. But yeah, if you don't know, according to Dunhuang Academy, which is a research institution for Dunhuang studies and is also a national museum, Mogao Caves, also known as the Thousand Buddha Caves, and it is a world cultural heritage since 1987, and it's located on the foot of Mingsha Mountain, where we mentioned, 26 kilometers southeast of Dunhuang. And now, 735 individual caves have been preserved, in which concludes more than 2,000 sculptures and 45,000 square meters of wall paintings and five ancient wooden facades. And the decoration and construction in Mogao Caves had continued through. The fourth century to the fourteenth century, so it is absolutely an ancient cultural heritage for all the humans. And I know that this expo that I have been covering has a lot of elements about Mogao Cave. We can see a lot of、um, you know exhibition showing the murals and the paintings. And、um, you 
also participated kind of expo called Siftis, right? The Surface Trade Fair. So yes. um, I know there are something about Mogao Caving there. Did you notice something interesting? Oh yes, I just finished reporting and coverage on Siftis, China International Fair for Trade and Services. So this, first of all, this expo or this fair is about services. And certainly tourism services is part of it. And in this exhibition hall, I was very fortunate to quote unquote see Mogao Caves again in a digital format. So no. uh, they set up this screens that mimic like a room. You can just actually go in there and see different paintings from Mogao Caves on the screens. And that's, uh, I was really excited to see that because I was like, oh, I just went there like a couple months ago and now I can see them all over again in Beijing. I think that is kind of an initial impression of many people of, you know, what is digitalization of relics? Because basically what we can touch in our daily lives is these kind of, of screens that we can see or the virtual version of these relics. And I myself also experienced something digitalized, you know, um, I painted a piece of mural. There are a bunch of choices. Oh. You can have yeah. a peek on the original mural and then start your own imagination and coloring these murals. And I think, you know, thanks to these kind of technologies, you can, we can in a digital format. And of course, you can paint it out. You know, with these technologies, we can have such a close look at these murals or paintings or even interact with it, right? And then finally have yeah. your own creation of this art form. So That's I think really it is impressive. Yeah. And um, the piece of mural that I paint is uh, one of my favorite characters in Dunhua murals, which is nine colored deer. Um, did you personally connect with uh, any? One. Yes, that kind of a myth. <laughs> um, did you personally connect with any particular relic or exhibit at the expo or in the caves? Oh, yeah. Um, I was really attracted to those patterns or the paintings on the ceiling in particular. And so you probably have noticed them as well um, in all these souvenir shops. And also they're not having a lot of uh, creative stores. They are using that particular ceiling pattern uh, and turning them into other creative products, um, including like phone cases or cup holders. And of course the silk scarves. And yeah, I think that's something not only ladies, but also everyone would be attracted to the beauty of the painting on the mirrors, right? On the walls. Absolutely. And yeah, the nine colored deer. Yeah. Could you, could you remind us of what the story was? And there was another famous story um, from, from the Zhenhua mirrors, right? It has something to do with tiger. Do you remember? Uh, that, that story was about sacrificing himself to feed a tiger, I think. Right. Ah, right, right. So yeah, when visiting those caves is just like reading a gigantic colored painted book right in front of you. And those books were from thousand years ago. Like truly, you truly feel like you're standing alongside a living history and you're talking to ancient people. And yeah, that's, that's really a beauty of, of Dunhuang Caves. And being able to see, see these books or this living history at another place other than Dunhuang is also something really meaningful to 
uh, not only me, but perhaps other people who are seeing these digital formats. Speaking of uh, the digitalization of relics, I think one of the most um, obvious examples of this that I experienced when I was visiting Mogao Caves and the Dunhuan mm. Academy is, I think, the demonstration that they showed us before the trip. They took us to a 360 cinema and watched some of the examples of digitalization of relics. Yes, with super high resolution. And because <laughs> it is 360, you can basically lie down and look up and see the picture that is all around you. And at that moment, it feels like even though it's 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 actually the pictures are moving, but you feel like you yourself is moving and mm. like you're shuttling among these paintings, murals and statues. Right. But I do have to say, I did feel quite dizzy looking at them. <laughs> we had that experience, too. And yeah, but but that was really like it felt you were overwhelmed by the colorful paintings. Hmm. Okay, Yushin, so we talked about a lot on the digital formats of the Mogao Caves, as well as the uh, 4D dome movie that we've watched there. So it seems like the Mogao Caves uh, or the institutes there, as you mentioned, uh, are doing a lot of preservation work in the digital way. So I wonder, did you learn anything particular about what they've been doing in terms of preserving the Mogao Caves? Oh, yeah. Um, I am fortunate enough to interview with the deputy director of Dunhuan Academy's Institute of Cultural Relic Digitalization, Ding Xiaohong. So he gave us a lot of valuable information about the achievements and um, right now the status of digitalization. So basically, he was saying that currently the digitalization of the Dunhuang Caves has completed the digital collection of 290 caves, the three-dimensional reconstruction of 45 clay sculptures and seven major archaeological sites. And additionally, more than 160 caves have been transformed into panoramic virtual tours. And it also has a significant global impact with visitors from more than 78 countries and regions worldwide, and the number of visitors has exceeded 20 million to date. And he also told us, you know, the significance and why we need to use digitalization to preserve the cultural relics. Let's hear him out. Yes, so he was saying that for protection to support research and protection efforts, after digitalization, a vast amount of information is used for various purposes, such as, you know, the investigation of damage to cultural relics, simulation testing of cave environments and archaeological mapping. And this not only enhances work efficiency, but also prevents wastage, ensuring that the data used for research and protection is more accurate and precise. And um, for the research-wise, for instance, in the field of art replication, when copying artworks inside caves, factors like, like um, time constraints, um, visitor presence, and uh, lighting conditions can be limiting, right? Um, so it can also be seen in the educational sector, like art students may have only been able to make quick sketches inside the caves or relying on their memories. However, with 
digitalization, there are no such kind of limitations for them for art replication. And, you know, this aspect really resonated with me personally when visiting the replicated caves. We have the opportunity to observe murals and sculptures so close. Right. I, I, I think you had that kind of experience as well. And you yeah. can discover yeah. details like the type of pigments used and brush strokes. It is a really fascinating feeling, I think. Um, like it feels like you are kind of having a conversation with someone from over a thousand years ago. That's right. That's right. Dunhuang caves are very particular about not only preserving those paintings, but protecting intellectual property of those patterns of those paintings so normally when you visit those caves those actual caves you cannot take any photos you cannot do any um like as, as tourists you can't just paint them off or like doing a paintings at the site but with the help of technologies and other digital formats those that are released to the public you can revisit these beautiful patterns and you can revisit these murals over and over again. And that's one thing. And when we were visiting there, we actually learned those paintings with the students, also from the university students. And yeah, like that's when we learned about, I don't know how they learned about uh, like what type of paint or, uh, you know, colored strokes and things that they need to use to do an exact replica of the murals inside those caves. But I'm pretty sure technologies help them with learning those paintings. Yes. And actually, that is also another point I would like to mention, because we cannot use uh, cameras inside of the caves. But I think, of course, the advanced technology are bringing us a lot of convenience in our daily lives. Mm -hmm. But sometimes um, we should try to, you know, get away of these technologies and just memorize with our with our brain, with our eyes and, um, you know, leave these kind of images in, in our minds to finally preserve it from generation to generation, I think. Yeah, yes, that's right. But that's only for us, like who can visit those places, visit the, the actual murals now. What about for other people from other parts of the world? What if, let's say, during the pandemic, they can never make it to this place? And yeah, what if the, the weather, as, as, um, as the temperature rises, as global warms, um, what if they might not be able to see these caves anymore? And that's when technology comes in and the digitalization of the Mogao caves can help with that. Absolutely. And that is also one of the points that Director Ding mentioned before uh, when we were interviewing him. He said that one of the points that we need to enhance digitalization of relics is that we can let, um, you know, people all around the globe to, you know, actually experience the beauty of these cultural heritage. And with all of these technologies and high resolutions, it, you can even, you know, see clearer when you are watching it, when you are experiencing it online or through your phones, because mm -hmm. actually when you're visiting it in the cave, it's pretty dark, right? And we cannot basically look at it very closely because there is a shield protecting it. So there absolutely is something that we are trying to solve and uh, there are some space for improvements. I also asked 
uh, Director Ding about some kind of um, challenges and um, obstacles that they were facing when um, digitalizing all of these relics. So he was saying that each cave is unique, and you cannot simply apply the techniques used in one cave to another. And continuous refinement of methods or equipment upgrades and extensive testing are necessary steps. And another is that there is a shortage of talent, as you know, Mogao Caves or um, Dunhuang is situated in northwest of China and the environment and opportunities might not be you know very attractive to young people and the Dunhuang Academy is also trying to solve these problems they are employing various approaches to cultivate talents such as recruiting you know undergraduates and guiding them towards masters and doctoral programs adding on to that technology challenges or technological difficulties uh, what i want to say is that the digitalization of the murals, the paintings, is just one part of it. And it's not just about taking pictures inside the caves. Sometimes these technologies could help us, like you said, to see more, to see closer at the details of these paintings that we human eyes cannot recognize. I came across with this team who was working on similar things of doing preservation of cultural relics through this advanced cameras and technologies. And they also turned that into a different digital museums through the technologies. So for example, they were taking picture on a particular gravestones and in naked eyes, that gravestone just looked completely bare. But with these technologies, the advanced cameras or like with the sensors, uh, like all things combined, as well as AI calculation in it, AI algorithm in it, they can restore uh, what was actually on the cave, like, or at least 80 to 90% of the paintings and calligraphies on the stone. So that was something really impressive and helpful in terms of how technologies could help with cultural relics. And I feel like having these paintings from the Mogao Caves in a digital formats, it's just one way for them um, to live in a digital world. I feel like the core idea of digitalization for cultural relics is not only about preserving, but also about communicating these colorful cultures of different cultures, uh, different backgrounds to the world and exchanging with other people, just like what I see at Siftis, other, other people could visit could other people can see Mogao Caves here in Beijing. And we can also see like the famous sites of other countries also here with digital formats. Right. I agree you on the um, the point of, um, you know, digitalization is not only about making everything digitalized, but also expressing and um, conveying the culture worldwide. And of course, we can see a lot of more technologies that is helping supporting, you know, the protection and the restoration of cultural relics. Like what we saw in Dunhuang, there is kind of a simulation laboratory to simulate different weathers. For example, the weathers in summer, oh. the weathers in winter, or the weathers in, you know, extreme windy days. Um, and you can use this to forecast to 
test the environment of the relics that is staying in, and to have better protection on them. Yeah, that is truly crucial. Right. Um, so it's not only about protecting the relics itself, but also protecting the environment, the whole environment that the relics are staying in. So I think, of course, uh, with more. Of these events, like you know, the Silk Road Expo and activities like Siftus, more and more people will be interested in you know these kind of culture and be inspired by the rich cultural heritage of Dunhuang, and then more people will join the team of relics restoration and preservation, and finally showcase the vibrant and captivating culture to the world. And I think that brings us to the end of today's discussion. Thank you very much. Chen Chen, that was a really nice talk with you. Thank you so much. That was Yu Shun talking to CGTN reporter Zhao Chen Chen about the Sixth Silk Road International Cultural Expo in Dunhuang. If you'd like to know more about this legendary place, search for "Why We Love Dunhuang" in your favorite podcast platforms. Hopefully, it can be included in your daily podcast diet along with Roundtable. After the break, our spotlight shines on the essential topic of building resilient cities. Stay tuned.